This is T. And this is Kel. And we are... Dropping the Dime... On True Crime. A True Crime Podcast. Welcome everyone to our fifth episode. Wow, our fifth episode. I know, I can't believe. Me neither. I'm having so much fun. I know, me too. So today's episode is going to be about Shannon Gilbert or the Gilgo Beach Murders. Have you heard about the Gilgo Beach Murders? I don't think I have. Well, then this is going to be a good one for you. So this crime occurred in Oak Beach, New York. There's an island or an inlet just off of Long Island called the Gilgo called Gilgo or Oak Beach. And there's also a gated community known as the Oak Beach Association. Association. Shannon Gilbert was last seen on May 1st, 2010 in this Oak Beach community where she was working as an escort for a client named Joseph Brewer. Now, Joseph Brewer lived in this community, which is a very upscale community, and he lived at 8 The Fairway. Now, this is important because I'm going to go through some other addresses, so kind of keep in mind, you know, where these are. So, Shannon was driven from her home in New Jersey to this Oak Beach community by her driver, or what some might call a pimp, named Michael Pack. Michael Pack. Yes. So, Shannon called 911 right around 4.51 a.m., from this Joseph Brewer's house, who was the guy that she was going to see. In the 911 tapes, she sounded a little bit troubled and confused and didn't really seem to know her location. Now, keep in mind, this is not an area that Shannon was used to going to. So she said at one point that someone is trying to kill me. And you could also hear her leaving Joseph Brewer's house. And what kind of sounds like running to other homes in the area. So there were actually two other 911 calls immediately following. And one of those people that called is named Gus Coletti. Now, Gus Coletti lived two-tenths of a mile away at 17 The Fairway. He called and reported that he thought a 14-year-old is running around and needing help. Of course, she wasn't 14. She was right around, um, I I believe, 21 at the time. Now, Gus Coletti ended up letting Shannon in his house, um, and that's when he called 911. He tried to keep her there, but she ended up leaving. So he also tells 911 that a guy in a black Suburban was following her. Now, the guy in the black Suburban was more than likely Michael Pack, who was her driver or her pimp. She then leaves and goes to Barbara Brennan's home at 43 The Bayou, which is probably another two-tenths of a mile or so from where she first started out. Now, Barbara calls 911. 
So and we've got how many 911 calls so far? Two, at least, right? We have right? three. Three. So we okay. have the first one from Shannon, and then we have the the one from Gus Coletti, which is the first person that we right. know that she went to, and then we have Barbara. Now, she does not let Shannon in her house. She just, you know, doesn't know what's going on. So she calls 911 um, and just tells her that, you know, that there's a girl needing help. And that's when the 911 calls stop. Now, we also know from the investigation that Shannon made her way in that same neighborhood down to Dr. Peter Hackett's home. Now, Dr. Peter Hackett lived at 47 Larboard Court, which is another two-tenths of a mile from where Shannon started out. So she's just making her way through the neighborhood, basically, going from door to door. Exactly. So now... It's important to know that Dr. Hackett was a half a mile from Joseph Brewer's house. It wasn't, it wasn't a huge different distance, but we do know from the investigation that she did end up, she did go to his house. Now, these calls support the last known whereabouts of Shannon from May 1st, 2010. So now I'm going to give you a little bit of a backstory on Shannon. Okay. Now, Shannon grew up with her mom, Mary Gilbert, and sisters, Sarah Gilbert, Sherry Gilbert, and Stevie Smith. I like the name Stevie for a girl, It by is. The way. It's a nice name. Yeah. So, from an early age, Shannon was in and out of foster care homes, while her sisters stayed with their mom. Okay, wait. So, Shannon was in and out of foster homes, but the sisters stayed with the mom? Yes. Okay. Now, it's not really known what the reason was, but there is some reports that stated that uh, Shannon had some, she might have been bipolar, so it might have been an issue where she couldn't, you know, get her to take her medication or something like that, but it's not really known. Um, but throughout the years, Shannon went to the same schools as her sisters and had regular contact with everyone in her family, yeah, including that, her mom. That just seems a little odd, doesn't it, to you? It does seem a little odd, but she actually grew up in a very small town in New York. So there was only 4,000 people. Yeah. So that's to be expected that, you know, they're going to know everyone. So, you know, again, it's not really known why she was in foster care. But, you know, the articles alluded to the fact that maybe she was, you know, had some bipolar issues. Okay. So, But by the time Shannon was out of foster care, she went to nursing school. And she was headed in a very positive direction in her life. In fact, um, so sometime during the years of between when Shannon was 18 to 24, she got involved as an escort and ended up moving to New Jersey with her boyfriend. Now, Shannon didn't want to do this forever. She actually had dreams of becoming an actress and wanted to eventually get out of the escort business. Now, Shannon's mother was aware of the type of work that she did, so it's important to know that. Um, so now, I'm going to take you back to a couple of days before May 1st, 2010. Now remember, Shannon went missing on May 1st, 2010. So just a couple of days before this date, Mary Gilbert, who is Shannon's mother, received a random call from Dr. Peter Hackett. Remember Dr. Peter yeah, Hackett? Yeah, he was one of the houses she's not that where she went to the door, correct? Exactly, yes. Now he told Mary that he worked for Suffolk County and ran a home for wayward girls. 
And he also told Mary that he medicated Shannon and then gave her to her driver, Michael Pack. Now, Shannon's mom knew what she did for a living. So in some aspects, I can understand that maybe she she kind of, you know, it was a weird call, but at the same time, um, you know, when he talked about the driver and stuff, maybe, maybe it made sense to her, but you know, it wasn't until she realized that she couldn't get a hold of Shannon and that she was missing that she looked back at that call and was like, what? You know, that didn't really make a whole lot of sense. So she didn't realize Shannon she didn't was know that Shannon at that was point missing. in time. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. She didn't know that Shannon was missing because, okay. you know, she was an escort. So she knew that she would be out, you know, um, you know, doing those kinds of things. So I guess the call to her seemed a little odd at first, but it wasn't until she realized Shannon was missing that things didn't start to add up. You know what I mean? Yes. So now this is the strange part of the investigation because when, you know, after she went miss after she, after Mary Gilbert reported Shannon missing and they started the investigation, um, the police asked questions of Dr. Hackett because of that call. Um, and then of course the driver and then of course, Joseph Brewer, right? Well, they cleared them all, all three of them very quickly. And in fact, the police never really even seemed to believe that anything, that there was anything wrong. They just thought maybe she just left or whatever, but listening to, you know, what I told you about the 911 tapes and, you know, what transpired and all that. Wouldn't you think that that would be worth going out and investigating a little bit more? Of course. Now, it's also important to note, too, that Dr. Peter Hackett worked for Suffolk County. Now, Suffolk County is the organization that's doing the investigation. So that's important to note, too. So he's basically one of their own. Exactly. Now... Shannon had never been to this area before and her driver hadn't either. So they weren't really familiar with the area. Now the police just assumed that Shannon just kind of walked into the marsh and maybe she got lost. Um, and it wasn't until Mary insisted that her daughter was missing that they started to do the investigation. In fact, they, even to this day, they never suspected foul play. Um, now there's a Netflix documentary. Actually, it's, it's a movie called the lost girls that you should watch that kind of goes, it gets into a little bit more detail. And now it's, it's, it's not really based on the story. It's kind of loosely based on it. Um, but you should definitely watch it because it kind of goes a little bit into this Dr. Hackett and stuff. So So when they finally started searching for Shannon at Gilgo Beach, they ended up finding four bodies in burlap sacks. In burlap sacks? Yes. And this was in the neighborhood of where she was last. Yes. It was all in this Gilgo Beach area. Okay. Now, the police never connected the bodies with a serial killer or with the fact that Shannon was missing. How? In the there very are same four bodies area. in burlap sacks. Exactly. How would you not think those were related? Exactly. That's okay. kind of, you know, what I was thinking. And I mean, it's just crazy that someone goes missing and you've got 
her mom and sisters involved and wanting you to, you know, search for her. And then you end up finding four bodies and you're not making a connection. And Shannon wasn't one of them. No, Shannon was not one of them. So why are you not making a connection? So in fact, the Suffolk County investigating the four in Burlap Sacks did the bare minimum to even research those, those four that were found. I mean, it, it was just really a saddening thing to, to hear about. Were they identified or is that coming up? (laughs) So they were identified and it wasn't until the families pushed uh, to find out what happened to their daughters that the police ended up taking it seriously. Eventually, the bodies were deemed to be the Gilgo Four or the Gilgo Beach murders um, or the Long Island serial killer, which is kind of what we hear about now. In fact, all of those bodies were found 500 feet apart from one another, those four. Now, keep in mind, Shannon's, Shannon was not found. We don't know if she's missing still or if, you know, she's deceased or, you know, what happened to her. But all of these women were escorts and all had very similar deaths. Now, also, there's some new information on these girls that recently came out in 2022, which I'm kind of go over, going to go over a little bit later, too. So while searching for Shannon, they ended up finding a total of 10 remains. From 10 different people? Yes. Wow. So another six on top of those four. Did they ever say? Did they ever in say? The same okay, area. yes, we think they're re- we think these are all related. No, no, it, not at first, not at first. So, eighteen months after the search started, they found Shannon's body, her remains, in the swampy Oak Beach Marsh. She was found just a half a mile from where she was last seen in Oak Beach. So, a half a mile from Joseph Brewer's house. Now, keep in mind, it was like a marshy area, so I don't really understand why they couldn't find her. I mean, usually when you're doing a search, you should, they're probably doing a radius of like a mile or something. So the One fact, would think. Right. The fact that, and maybe it was difficult, you know, but they did, you know, a year and a half just seems a little crazy. Yeah. So... Shannon's body or her remains was found in a marshy area just behind Dr. Peter Hackett's home. Hmm. Surprising. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not really. Yeah. Now her belongings were not found next to her body. They were actually found a quarter of a mile away from her remains. So what do you think about that? Like you find remains and then you find belongings of the remains a quarter of a mile do you think natural causes or do you think foul play i mean i don't know well you know where my mind goes right foul play exactly but to this day the police never made a connection that there was foul play the police said that they thought she walked into the marsh as she seemed out of it and then she drowned and they still say that to this day she was found face up. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That is. Yeah, to this day, they still don't suspect foul play. The 911 tapes, now keep in mind, this happened in 2010, right? And there were three 911 tapes. 
three. Right. And the one from Shannon was pretty long because she was, first she was at Joseph Brewer's house and then she ended up, you know, running through the neighborhood and stuff. So, I mean, it's a lengthy 911 tape from Shannon herself. Um, but they just released them 12 years later. Oh, they, why? Why 12 years? Well, in fact, they were actually supposed to release them several years ago, but they never did. Um, so the Suffolk County investigators say that Shannon most likely walked into the marsh and got lost because she was disoriated, disoriated, disoriented (laughs) and drowned. We knew what you meant. Yeah. And there's no explanation of the fact that the 911 tapes support that what Gus, Gus Coletti says that there was a black suburban following her, which was Michael Pack. He says that, but there's no explanation of what, you know, why wouldn't they want to explain, hey, this is what the 911 tapes say, but they don't give any explanation of that. It's saddening. Plus, phone records of Dr. Hackett support that he did, in fact, call Shannon's mother, Mary, after she went missing, which... At first, he denied it, but he later confirms this. Oh, so he said he never called. But, well, he mother. told police that so he, he told police he never called Shannon's mother. And yes, th- but then he admitted to it. Well, he told police that he didn't do it, and when the police were investigating, he still never, you know, never confirmed it or a- admitted to it. Um, and it wasn't until a pri- a law, a civil lawsuit from Mari's parents that he ended up admitting to it. So the police never even got that out of him. What the police said about Dr. Hackett. Now keep in mind, where'd he work? Suffolk County. He's doing the investigating, but the police say that Dr. Hackett was just a busy body. You know, he would listen to the scanners and, you know, just, you know, want to get involved in everything. But he gave the girl a shot of, of, of what did he say? Did, is it known what he injected her with? Or did he ever say? He never said. Well, he never said. So he injected her with something on the night that, she, you know, she disappeared. She was never seen after that. Exactly. Yeah. So Shannon's family had to fight tooth and nail to get the police to look into Shannon's death as a murder. So they even hired a private doctor to review her remains and they also sued Dr. Hackett in 2012. That was a in civil, civil court. Yes, that do you was know a how civil. that went. I do, and I'll actually read a little bit about that okay. here in a second. But the first thing that I want to read to you are the results of the private report. Okay, so these are the results of the private report. Now, the report was written by Dr. Michael M. Baden, who is a former chief medical examiner for the city of New York. Also, the former chief forensic pathologist for the New York State Police. So this guy so has got, Exactly. I was yeah. going to say the same thing. So, in 2016, Mary Gilbert and family hired to review the Suffolk County Medical Examiner's autopsy and examined the skeletal remains of Shannon Gilbert. Dr. Baden writes, Shannon, 23 years old, was last seen alive in the early morning of May 1st, 2010, running from the house of Joseph Brewer in Oak Beach, Long Island. Her largely skeletonized remains and some of her dispersed belongings 
were discovered in a nearby marshy area on December 13, 2011. She was still wearing deteriorating fragments of clothing, a white or tan shirt, black brassiere, thong panties, and blue denim jeans. Almost all of the skeletal bones were normal. There was no evidence of trauma. However, the larynx was missing and only the body of the hyoid bone was found. The two greater horns of that neck bone were missing. These structures, the larynx and hyoid bone, are often fractured during homicidal manual strangulation. My examination of the recovered body of the hyoid bone after it had been anthropologically defleshed showed a roughness at the margins where the separated horns had been attached. Toxicology analysis was able to be performed on skeletal muscle and contents of the cranial cavity no drugs of abuse, including cocaine, were found. The death certificates, the death certificate was issued as cause of death undetermined. Manner of death undetermined. Shannon's mother told me that her daughter was in good health, no hospitalizations, and that she did cocaine sometimes. In my opinion, based on the circumstances of Shannon's death and on the materials that I have reviewed, that there is no evidence that she died of natural disease of a drug overdose or drowning. There is insufficient information to determine a definite cause of death, but the autopsy findings are consistent with homicidal strangulation. Wow. So, what do you think of that? Yeah, um, no evidence of drowning. Right, and I didn't really think she drowned anyway. Now, keep in mind, this is a private report that Shannon's family paid for. And Shannon's family, they don't have a lot of money, you know. they. So, you know, this was important. Um, And, you know, the police just never even took it seriously. Even after... You think it was because she was an escort. Like, 100%. You know, they... 100%. That and the fact that, you know, maybe they, it was easier to close the case because it was an accidental drowning. You Do know? you know anything about the other women? Were they, any of them, prostitutes, escorts, or anything like that? Yes, yeah, so they all were escorts. In fact, um, I'm not sure if all of them were, but a majority of them were, they found their Johns on Craigslist. So they had a lot in common. Oh, wow. Like that's a big connection. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So now remember when I said that Sheenan's family sued Dr. Hackett in a civil suit? Yes. So I want to read to you the decision as a result of the lawsuit filed by her family against Dr. Hackett. Okay. So this is just part of the decision from the lawsuit. So, Although the action against Dr. Hackett as first brought included causes of action for wrongful death and intentional tort, those claims were dismissed in a decision and order dated December 10th, 2013 
for having been brought beyond the applicable statute of limitations. So that's why it was dismissed, because the statute of limitations. Exactly. So it didn't have anything to do with whether or not... They thought he was guilty or not, or... Yes. Now, that was just part of the complaint. So, thereafter, in a decision and order dated December 17, 2017, the court denied Dr. Hackett's subsequent motion for summary judgment dismissing the plaintiff's remaining claims, which are primarily survival claims, alleging medical malpractice, negligence, gross negligence, breach of fiduciary duty, and fraudulent inducement. The gravamen of all of those claims, as well as those previously dismissed as time-barred, is the allegation that prior to Shannon's disappearance in the early morning hours of May 1st, 2010, Shannon Gilbert came under the control and care of the defendant, a doctor of osteopathy, licensed to practice medicine in the state of New York. Plaintiffs claim that Dr. Hackett led Shannon and later her mother, Mary Gilbert, to believe that he owned and operated a home for wayward females, which he did not. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yes, I was going to ask you about that. Out of his Oak Beach so house. So he didn't operate. No, oh, okay. no. Out of his Oak Beach house and that he would render aid to her there, including medical treatment, that Shannon, in fact, came under Dr. Hackett's care in control and was administered medication by him that Shannon was in such a state of confusion and mental derangement at that time that she was incapable of making any informed decisions and of understanding her own. And then it goes on. But the point in all of that and the reason that, and there was an interview with Mary Gilbert, the mother, that basically the reason they filed that lawsuit against Dr. Hackett was to find out what happened. Yes. It wasn't like for monetary gain or anything. They just, the police weren't doing anything. So they're just trying to figure out what happened. Yeah, because I think in a civil suit, he would have to testify. Exactly. He he wouldn't have a choice. Right. It's not like a criminal. Exactly. And that's how they ended up, because remember, he denied ever calling Mary. He told the police, no, I didn't do that. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't, they had to actually go and do their own investigation. They had to hire someone to look at the autopsy. I mean, they had to do everything. Her poor family. I know. And it's just a shame. And 100%, I feel that it's because she was an escort. I'm sure. You know. And um, another thing that I think, and this is just, you know, me speculating. um, And this actually... Remember I told you about the Netflix show, The Lost Girls, which you have to watch it. I will. So it goes into, you know, Mary Gilbert, Shannon Gilbert, her sisters, um, and then the police investigation that the police really weren't doing anything. And then it also, you know, goes into them finding the Gilgo Four and the Gilgo Beach Martyrs and yeah. all that. And the other parents um, are involved in, you know, trying to find out what happened. Um, But what it doesn't go into... Now, it alludes to a little bit about why Shannon was in foster care, but also that really, you know, they don't know. And then one of Shannon's sisters in the movie, it shows her taking medication for some kind of a mental illness. Well, now, the Netflix show was before 
what happened next. So Mary Gilbert was actually killed and murdered by one of her other daughters. Wow. Now, one of her other daughters, the one that killed her, was actually had schizophrenia. Oh, my. So, I don't know what to say about that. Right. Well, I mean, it's a disease. It's a mental illness. And remember I said that, you know, Shannon might have had, like, some bipolar yes. issues. Yeah, it makes sense now. Right. Okay, now, these are, like, mental illness is, you know, it's an illness, just like yeah. anything else. Do you know how she killed her? I'm just curious. Uh, you know, <laughs> I really don't. Look, she, I think she stabbed her multiple times. Okay. But I, my point in talking about that is because I feel very strongly that the reason the police are still not even looking into Shannon's death as suspect, you know, right. Because they feel that maybe Shannon had some mental illness and, you know, she just, yeah, like, Hey, look, look at her sister. Look what her sister did. Exactly. So So they're not, they don't feel that they, deserve to look in or that she deserves to look into it even more. You know what I mean? Like the police aren't looking into it now. Um, there's actually, so you asked about the other girls, right? Yeah. So there's actually some updates to the Gilgo beach murders. So the Suffolk County that was investigating, they received a lot of backlash regarding the Gilgo beach murders so much so that they, that they were pushed to do more investigation into it. Because remember I said they did the bare minimum when they found these bodies. They really, they didn't even look into like when they went missing or, you know, what happened. I mean, 10 women in the same area. Aren't you thinking serial killer? I mean, they were deemed the, the Gilgo beach murders, the long Island serial killer, but they really didn't look into it, you know? But here's the great thing now. So there is actually a website now called thegilgonews.com. So if you get on that website, you can go and look at the different girls that went missing. And then it gives you like the timeline of what happened. And this is brand new. Like I didn't even notice this until when I first started researching the crime. I didn't realize that that was a thing. So I don't know actually when it started, but it was very recent. Um, Oh, we'll have to check that website out. So I'm going to read a couple of things from that website for you. Okay. So if you pull up the gilgonews.com, which I have it right here, the first thing that it says, I mean, it's a real, it's the Gilgo Beach homicide investigation. Now the new police commissioner, who's different than when they started the investigation is Rodney K. Harrison. Now I've seen some um, news articles about him where he's really trying to do right by the people and, you know, do more, um, on these killings. So it says this website is dedicated to disseminating information relating to the Suffolk County police department's Gilgo beach homicide investigation. Now this is the crazy thing. So it's got different things that you can click on. So it's got the timeline, the victims discovery and backgrounds, the latest news and archives, and then you can submit a tip. So, what do you think is going to happen when I pull up the victims? Who do you think is going to be on there? Think Shannon's going to be on there? Oh my gosh, she better be. She's not. So when I pulled that up, it really fucking pissed me off. Because 
They Why is she still, not on there? Because she's not a victim. She, According to them. Yeah. yeah. She's not part of the Gilgo Beach murders, which is insane. So what what are the chances that this was... Oh, it's, it's a coincidence. It's a coincidence that she, too, was an escort. And she happened to drown accidentally near 10 other women's bodies. Right. So what the police basically say is, you know, looking for Shannon brought, you know, was a good thing because that's how they were able to To find find those those other bodies. Yeah. And it's, I mean, so what they've learned. So Melissa, so there's Melissa Bartholomew, Maureen Brainerd Barnes, Amber Lynn Costello, Megan Waterman, Jessica Taylor, um, and then there's a Jane Doe. There's two Jane Doe's, and then there's a John Doe, um, and then there's an un- unidentified toddler Aww. that they do know was associated with one of the Jane Doe's. Okay. So, um, but the cool thing though about this website is that what they're doing now is they're actually looking into these um these other women that were found and figuring out their last steps. So I'm going to pull up Melissa Bartholomew. So it talks about Melissa. So Melissa Bartholomew was last seen at her residence, a basement apartment at 1149 Underhill Avenue in the Unionport section of the Bronx on July 12, 2009. She was 4 feet 10 inches tall and was 24 years old when she was last seen. She was a little thing. Yes. Bartholomew was a sex worker, which I don't like that they use sex worker. I feel like they should use escort, who advertised on Adult Friend Finder as well as other sites. I think Craigslist was one of them. She used the alias aliases Chloe and Very Sexy Chloe. She had tattoos of the word blaze and focus on her back and letters on her chest. She was also known to meet clients at bars, restaurants, and hotels on the west side of Manhattan. On July 12th, 2009, the night that she was last seen, Bartholomew told a friend she was going to see a man and would be back in the morning. This friend was aware she was a sex worker or... Yeah. Yeah. But Bartholomew offered no other details. Her cell phone records show that she traveled from the Bronx to Manhattan, most likely via taxi. Bartholomew's mother had not heard from her or been able to contact her for a few days, so she reported her missing to the New York Police Department on July 18th, 2009. So that was just six days later. The investigation showed cell phone activity in Manhattan, Freeport, Massapequa, and Lindenhurst. Motels in and near these neighborhoods were investigated. After Bartholomew had been reported missing, her younger sister received a series of taunting phone calls from someone using Bartholomew's phone. These calls are believed to have come from the killer and were made from the area near the Port Authority bus terminal on 8th Avenue and also from near Penn Station. These areas were thoroughly canvassed immediately following the calls. However, due to the large amount of pedestrian and vehicle traffic, no leads were developed. On December 11, 2010, Bartholomew's body was found on the north side of Ocean Parkway near Gilgo Beach during the search for Shannon Gilbert. Although she was the first victim found, she is believed to be the second of the Gilgo four to be killed. So, and they actually have an award 
for her to for more information. A reward. A reward. A reward for anyone right. arrest related to that. But that's her picture. Here's the crime scene photos. Yeah, everybody should go check this website out. It, it's pretty neat. Yeah. So, and the other people that were killed, they ended up going into their, you know, finding out, you know, where they went missing and all that. But I think the key in all of these is that they ended up in a place that they, because this girl was in New York City. Like, that's where she met everybody. So she went out of town to do this. So clearly there's some connection there. And it really frustrates me that that they haven't made that connection yeah and keep in mind that this dr hackett they never continue to investigate him and he's down is he still alive now he is alive but he's not practicing medicine um he ended up getting fired from suffolk county for like lying or something like that um but he's down in florida now so i'm like i really feel like they need to be looking into him but i I don't think that the police are ever going to do it so Kelly, I love this story. I'm definitely going to check out the Netflix show this evening. I yes, can't wait. Absolutely. And if get on that website, and if there's anybody out there that's listening to this and they know something, you know, definitely get on there and you know. try to help get this solved. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, if you can drop us, uh, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can drop us an email. Our email is dropping the dime pod at gmail.com we're also on um tiktok and insta yeah and both tiktok and instagram are dropping the dime pod and we also have a new website oh we do yep dropping the dime on truecrime.com so you can go and you can listen to our episodes directly on the website as well yes thank Thank you. you guys